Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Come on, we can do better than that. Happy Father's Day. Awesome. Awesome. Amen, amen. Great to see everybody out. You know, Father's Day and Mother's Day are always interesting because the moms pack the house out. Dad's get drug here. I don't know, but we're, we're glad that you're here today, Dad. There's a lot of great things going on. We want to honor you. We want to bless you. You are so important and significant to just life. And so there's a lot of things when you talk about dads and fathers. There's biological dads, fathers. There's uh, um, adoptive, foster, <clears throat> in-laws, uh, outlaws probably if you <laughs> don't elbow your... Anyway, so, and, and, and then just the spiritual side of that. I mean, you know, the older mentoring the younger and stuff, which should be you know, something for everybody, actually. We all should be involved in some capacities through life and our journey in life. And so God has greatly empowered you and equipped you to be men to lead, amen? And so we need you. We need you to lead our families, lead your marriage, lead, um, you know, just our communities and, and, and our country. And so I just want to encourage you, just no matter what your past has been, no matter what's been said, just see through God's eyes how he sees you and how he's equipped you and what he has for you. And we want to honor that for just a moment. I, I want to let you know that we got some stuff for you today. Uh, first of all, we always, we're trying to do more about getting some opportunities for you to connect as a family. So we sent, set some photo ops out there for you. Got some fun props, more probably for the kids than the dads. And so uh, the kids and the families get their dad in there. Dad be good sports with it all. Got a sports theme over in the kids wing and then we have the one out here. My family, we did one earlier for Father's Day. So I'll show you that one up there. It's just, yeah, I was a willing participant in that one for sure. I um, feel like I'm in the mafia or something or in witness protection. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> that'll be a memory for a lifetime. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of great things out there for you. I uh, want to let you know, you know, moms, we gave a bunch of candy to moms, but we all know that the candy went out to the family. So, Dad, we decided to give you something nobody else would want. Slim Jims. And so, uh, <laughs> come on, only a man, a dad could love, right? Okay, Dad. You don't have to worry about the kids or your wife trying to get it from you or whatever. That's, you're going to have that one probably till next Father's Day. And so... <laughs> grab some of those on your way out. Enjoy that. And then we have something else. We, we're able to get our hands on some of these books. These are great books. And so, um, but these books, uh, the foreword's written by Tony Dungy. It's called First Team Dad. J. Drew Pittman, uh, Pittman rather, is the author. Uh, your playbook for a winning family. So we, we didn't, we ain't able to get our hands on a lot of them. So let me just tell you kind of the, the target for this. If you're a father or dad of small kids or you're soon to be dad, this is the book for you. If um, you're not in that category per se, this would be a great resource for you, but because we have limited, let's just let them have first shot at it. And then dads, if you're going to grab a book, grab a book if you're going to use it and read it, okay? And so we're going to get this in your hands. It will be a powerful tool for you while we have supplies last, again, for young, uh, dads with young kids and soon-to-be dads. But if you're going to grab it, read it, make use of it, amen? And I encourage the rest of you dads, you can go online, you can take a look, you can grab one of those, order one, and those will be a great blessing for you and to you. Again, we just want to honor and celebrate you. Uh, before we get into the word, can I have everybody stand? If you wouldn't mind, let's all stand. Let's go to the Lord in a, just a corporate prayer of agreement on all our men in here today. Again, so important to, to our lives, obviously, and to the role that God has placed in them, the significance they have uh, in our marriages, in our families, our homes, our communities, and in our nation. Let's all go together to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for being a good, good father, number one. You're a good heavenly father. We love you. We trust you with everything. We thank you for equipping, equipping and empowering men to stand in the role of father and dad. What, a, what an honorable role. What, a, what an amazing role, Father God. I thank you that every man in here, Father God, looks through 
your eyes, sees through your filter, that we, Lord, don't listen to the world or to the lies or the things that have been spoken over us, that we see ourselves in light and in line with you and your word, that our role is significant, that you've empowered us, you have, Lord, given us what we need to walk this life out in victory. I thank you that we rise up to that place, Father God, that we'll stand in that place, Lord, as leaders, and that you'll order our steps, Lord, and you'll, uh, thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father God, to speak to us, to direct us, and Father God, that we will be your men, your leaders, your world changers. Lord, we all just long for that. Lord, everyone in this room longs for men to stand in that place, and so we release our faith now, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. One more time. Thank you, dads. Thank you, fathers. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Amen. Hey, thanks again for coming out, guys. You know, we did Jersey Day. Can I just tell you, it was just kind of this week, we thought, hey, let's just throw that out there. Maybe it'd be fun. And wear your jerseys and so, or whoever that, whoever that may be. I, I want to tell you, if you're not connected to our social media, it's really kind of how those things are coming out. So if you're not connected with our social media, go online, find ways to connect. And we're going to send more information out like this. We're going to do some things. And I know, you know, it's church. We're in a jersey in church. And, and yeah, can I tell you that God's more concerned about the inside than the outside? <clears throat> and so we want to just create kind of a relaxing environment. And uh, maybe, amen, amen. Maybe it's just kind of fun. Maybe it's kind of a, an icebreaker or something. Someone thinks that you have to dress differently for church and to come on in and uh, just an open door kind of thing to do that. Uh, so just kind of fun. And can I say, I have, I have a lot of jerseys. I thought about making those, uh, like the Academy Awards, making those changes throughout the course of the, the thing right there. Right? Slid on my beloved Longhorns. And so um, I did see some maroon Aggies, and we'll talk about that later in the message when we get... <laughs> into the message a little bit. But, you know, just again, to kind of make it kind of fun. And so uh, SBXP's coming up too this weekend. So we had a great time Wednesday night, last Sunday. But Wednesday night, guys, if you're missing Wednesday nights, you're missing. And so we had about 650 people out Wednesday night. Man, we had a great time. Great time. Super fun. So... Bring your kids, make sure they're here for every service this month, make sure, uh, bring the neighbor's kids, get parents' permission, <laughs> and uh, get them here and enjoy outdoor water baptism. That's one of my favorite events of the year. Super excited about that. You saw some of that on the video. And then again, the following Wednesday, we're having a big family service kind of uh, Nickelodeon kind of thing. This group's coming in, it's gonna be a great time. So a lot of fun, even on Sundays too. So make sure you're out and participating in that. Amen, turn to 1 Corinthians 15. We're in part two of our series. The theme for the SBXP Summer Bible Experience is victory, and we know victory is ours through the work of Jesus, but we're talking about how to break through because honestly, we know that we're not all walking in the victorious life that God provided. If victory is mine, then how come I'm not walking in what it has? And so we're looking at ways to break through because chances are there's an area in all our lives. I mean, honestly, when we get saved, and that's where victory comes from, we'll look at the scripture in just a moment, and some things just God takes off of us, but there's other things that he has an expectation for us to walk in, walk to that breakthrough. So victory is ours because of the work Jesus did. Here's what the scripture says. But thanks be to God. We have much to be thankful for. He gives us, he gives us victory. Can you, can you believe that? Victory from God is a free gift. He gave that to you. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to fight for it. You didn't have to beg, plead, cry for it. He gives it to you just simply by receiving his son. We see that at the end. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the stipulation. You give your heart to Jesus, victory is yours. That's what God provided. Now, again, we don't always walk in that. Some things are lifted off our life in that moment of salvation, but then there's obstacles and hindrances at times in our life that we need to break through. And that's dependent upon you. Victory came through Jesus Christ. Breakthrough is dependent upon how you're going to walk out this life, how you choose to do that. And so really there's some things that we're looking at 
in this series, finding ways, finding tools to have breakthrough in our life. So what's keeping you from walking and experiencing the victorious life or the victory Jesus won for us? And so I want us to go after at least one. When this series is over during the series, go at least after one. Maybe there's more in your life, but you'll get the tools to do that. One area that's been holding you back from living a victorious life. Now, last week we talked about, and I would encourage you, go back and listen to last week's message if you weren't here. It's great to have it online. If you're watching online, we're glad that you're with us. And so go back and listen to that. One of the things we talked about was breakthrough begins in you. And I kind of used this story about I don't know if you remember this, we, uh, going to the gym. I had a gym. I've had a gym membership for a long time, but, but can I tell you, when I don't look like a person that goes to the gym. Right? I know, I know, and it's okay. I'm okay with that. I've wrestled with it. I've settled that within me. I, you know, I, I, just, I have a gym membership, but obviously I've not put it to use. But I love the idea of my clothes fitting better. I love the idea of having more energy. I love the idea of standing up here and being a little bit more self-confident in how I look. I love the idea you know, of feeling a little bit better and, and those feelings that come when, you, when you're doing something about it. But obviously, I, I don't love it enough to do it. Right? I mean, I, I don't, and I'm embarrassed to say that. I remember starting the first of the year out, and I don't know if you do this, but I had some goals, health and fitness goals, and you know, when it, my resolutions, right? When I get better, I wanted to lose, my goal was to lose about 15 pounds this year. I thought, that's just over one pound a month. I ought to be able to do that, 15 pounds. And then I realized this week, I was convicted after talking about ha- having a gym membership, not doing anything about it. I actually went to the gym this week. I just want to tell you, I did. I did, I did, I did. I did, I did. I went to the gym this week. I was thinking about my goals. And I, I remember starting the year thinking 15 pounds, that's for a year, that's easy. It's just one over a month. And, and so I'm just happy to tell you we're halfway through the year. I only have 20 pounds to go. And so, <clears throat> so I went to the gym, like I said. And I tell you, it was great to walk into that place. I was there just long enough to cancel my membership. That's all I was there for. I want to tell you. I know, I know. I got, God's working on me. And uh, so I decided if I'm not going to get a physical breakthrough right now, I'm going to go for financial breakthrough uh, because I've been supporting this business for a long time. So, you know, the idea is when we go to church, some of us have been in church our whole life, and we like the idea of God changing our circumstances and feeling a little better and feeling a little more confident, but realize that the change starts with us, that we have to change. It's the idea of going to church. Some people go to church just to feel better, but not to get better, right? I just want to leave feeling a little bit better about myself. And can I tell you, God wants to get you well. He wants you to break through those areas of your life and lead a life of victorious living. And so that's kind of the idea last week. It's kind of setting us up again for this week. I just want to let you know that God's got some great things for us. Take a look at John 8, 31 through 36. Here's what it says. To the Jews who had believed him, and this is talking about the Jewish people of the day that were believers. But there's not a whole lot, but that was a new concept. Believers following the teachings of Jesus. It says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Let's stop for one second. Just because you're saved does not make you a disciple of Christ. I think that's a mistake a lot of us make. We think we're saved, so we're a disciple. Yeah, I'm a disciple. No, 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 no. The disciples are the ones who hold to his teachings, that they aren't just giving their heart to Christ so they get to heaven one day, that they're living out a life in line with the teachings of Jesus. Amen? And that's what we're supposed to be, and that's what a church is trying to create. We're trying to create disciples. Yes, we want to get people saved. That's the starting point but we want you to come back and get involved and get connected. So why? So you can be discipled and you can grow and follow the teachings of Jesus. You're my disciples. Listen to this. Then, then after you, you, you're, you're following the teachings of Jesus, then you'll know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. The truth will lead to your breakthrough. You need to be on a journey of knowing truth. You need to be truth knowers. You need to be in process of knowing truth. Why? Because there's so many lies out there. Now, you can use this, I believe this scripture, you can use it both ways. It's a little T, it's not a capital T. If it was a capital T, then it would directly refer to the word of God. And I believe there's, you know the word, it will set you free. But I also believe you need to know some things that are true. And just some things that are true. True in life. And so, you should know some truths, or you need to be in a journey of being a truth knower, and freedom or breakthrough can come from that. They answered him, listen, this is very interesting. We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say then that we shall be set free? Basically what they're saying is, hey listen, we're Abraham's descendants, we, be set free, what are we slaves to? And can I say the translation of modern day would be, I've been in church my whole life. I've been a Christian my whole life. What do I need to be set free from? What's interesting because they didn't even realize if Jesus was going to give them a little history lesson that their people spent 400 years in captivity to the Egyptians. I said that was a vacation, a little, a little time break there for the people of God. Or even in the day they're living in, back in that day, they're under Roman control. I mean, if a Roman soldier saw them and said, here, carry my backpack, by law, they had to carry that backpack. And so they're living, in a sense, under slavery or bondage, but they don't see it. And it goes on to say this, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Now listen, he's saying someone who finds himself in bondage, not living that victorious life, not having that ability to break through, is not experiencing everything that they should experience. They don't have that victorious life that they should have. But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen, to which we celebrate, amen. The truth will set you free. The truth, knowing truth can lead to your breakthrough and help you experience all that God has. So salvation is simply the beginning, but we want to live a victorious life because victory has been won through Jesus, and so we need to find those areas that are holding us back and find a breakthrough, and I believe the truth, knowing the truth will help us do that. Uh, But it's a battle. There's a battle going on. It talks about that. Galatians 5.17 says this. Galatians 5.17, here's what it says. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. So your spirit man wants to be free and connected with God and Jesus in a victorious way, but your flesh is holding you back. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. There's a battle going on, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do, to keep you from living a life of victory, the life that you really want. So you might say, I'm doing pretty good, but I have that one area that's just not letting go. There's an obstacle, there's a hindrance in my way. Well, you're not alone in that. Can I tell you you're in good company, especially in this place, honestly? But look at what the Apostle Paul said. Here's one of our heroes of faith, the the author of two-thirds of the New Testament. Look at what Apostle Paul wrote, so you don't feel so bad. Romans 7, 15, I love this scripture. I don't really understand myself, Paul says, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Can I tell you, we're in really good company, so don't let that feel, make you feel bad or feel guilty. It makes me feel better, but the struggle's real. That's what Paul's saying. Hey, the struggle is very real, but it also has a very real solution, and I want you to know that. And so, you know, again, going back to last week when we talked about breakthrough, beginning with you, I also want you to know it doesn't happen with just one message. I think that's important. It doesn't happen with just one series. It's a progression, it's a journey. 
But if you don't take this journey, there's another progression. There's another journey. You just can't ever stay still, honestly. You're just never in neutral. There's another journey of progression if you're not taking the one to your breakthrough, and it looks like this. It starts here. It starts with this. It becomes part of your identity. That thing in you becomes part of your identity. Now, honestly, there's a lot of people, this is the first step. A lot of us can relate to this. When we go through this process, I want you to be honest with yourself and see where you find yourself so we can make adjustments and get out of this place. But, but, you, but you say that I, I can't change. It's just, it's just part of who I am. And I have that Irish blood and we're just mean people or whatever. I have that, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm an alcohol, I just drink all the time. That's just kind of the way I am. I just, I mean, it's an angry, whatever that is. Fill in the blank. I'm just, you know what, I'm never going to achieve anything. I've just kind of failed at everything, just kind of a failure. I guess it's just what I am. And it becomes part of your identity, fill in the blank, and you begin to take that on. Can I tell you, that's not who you are. I mean, the victory for your life has already been won. That's not who you are. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. That's what he wants you to think, but you're not that person. But if you buy into that, you buy into that to your identity, the next part of the progression is you feel increasingly hopeless. What's the point? I've always been this way. I'll always be this way. My grandpa was this way. My dad was this way. This is just the way. This is just the way we are. You give up hope. You can't do it. The next part of that is then you become defensive, right? You defend the very thing you need a breakthrough over. Honey, you have a problem. I don't have a problem. Hey, buddy, I just think, hey, what? I got this under control. You worry about you. I'll worry about me. I got this under control. I can stop anytime I want. I can change anytime I want. I don't need anything. And if you keep living that way, the next thing you do, Jesus says, you become a slave to it. That's what Jesus said. And now it tells you how to live. It begins to tell us how to live our life. It's making our decisions. And then if you keep going, then finally you begin to lose your life. The reality is. And it may not be physical. It could lead, it could lead to that for sure. And you'll go to heaven one day, but you've lost experiencing victory on this earth. You may lose your marriage. You may lose your family. You may lose your finances. You may lose your friendships. And that's not a good place to be. We need to change this, and we need the truth to set us free. We need some truth. We need some new ideas, some new thoughts. We need to know there's a new way of doing things, a different way. Really, that's what the church is all about. Can I just say for a second, can I tell you that's what church is all about? It gives you an opportunity. You know what we did earlier? We had a time of praise and worship. You know what we did? We sang, not words on a screen, we sang the truth. I don't know why, but you did it. I didn't deserve it, but I'm grateful. We sang the truth about our God. We come to church and we sing the truth. You sit and listen to the truth as when the Bible's opened up. The truth, we need to sit under the truth. You you need to hear these things. We need to encourage each other with the truth, with different thoughts. And God gives us the power to change. And so I want to start with an area. I want to start here with this area. I haven't, really, I haven't really talked about this much, to be honest with you. And I was kind of hesitating on doing that this morning. And it's Father's Day and SBX Peace. Well, I believe we have a lot of visitors here. But, but I, then I just really felt, you know, to be a good pastor, I, I have to tell you the truth. <clears throat> now, according to George Barna, if you know George Barna, he's like the guy in the Christian world that does all that Gallup polls, all the surveys and stuff. He does all the surveys. Really great information. The survey guy of the Christian world And nearly, here's what he says, nearly six out of 10, almost 60% of the Christian population will disagree with what I'm gonna say right now. 60%, really? Well, why say it? (laughs) Because I need to tell you the truth. Why? Because the truth leads to our freedom. Almost 60% of American Christians will say what I'm gonna say is not true. 
And remember, the only way to break through is by hearing the truth, and I'm gonna give it to you. And you have to know the truth. And this is gonna make some of you a little nervous. Actually, just me setting up like this made them, what is it? Come on, tell me. <laughs> it's making you a little nervous, a little uncomfortable, maybe. Here's what I want you to know, because you need to know the truth. Number one is this, there really are demons. There really are. That's the truth. I know. About 40% are clapping right now. I know. <laughs> okay. There really are demons. You need to know that because you need to know truth. We're talking about breakthrough in areas of our life. We're talking about knowing the truth. There really are. They're not just some costume Hollywood made up thing, some guy with a long red tail and a pitchfork. That's not true. That's not who he is. Almost 60% of the Christian population in America think that the devil is just a symbol of evil, not an actual being. And I'm here to tell you, the truth is he's an actual being. And he's the enemy of your soul. And he's here to seal, kill, and destroy. He's here to keep you in bondage. He's here to lie to you so you're, you don't have freedom. He's here to keep you from walking that victorious life that God had for you. That's what he does. That's his job. And hey, if I were the devil, I'd want you to think I didn't exist either. Because if you think something doesn't exist, you won't actively fight against it. It's truth. You need to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Let's take a look at 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be alert. Know the truth. Be sober-minded. This is the real deal. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking or looking for someone to devour. Resist him. If he wasn't real, the Bible would not say to resist him or stand firm in the faith. Resist the devil. You have an enemy of your soul and he is real. And can I say this? People have no problem talking about angels. Oh, it's just an angel from heaven came down. This sweet little angel in my room. Can I tell you that the devil's the demons are just as real? And so we need to talk about this. And, and so, but I know, and some of them will talk about some, and some of you like, C.S. Lewis, let me give you a quote from C.S. Lewis. Satan hails both the skeptic and the superstitious alike. He likes it when you think there's a devil under every rock, and he likes it when you say, I don't know that I believe the devil at all. And now I know what you're thinking now that I've talked about this, and some of you are like, that, that's the good stuff about time, Pastor. Come on, bring the truth. That's the good stuff. We're talking about demons and devils now. And can I tell you, that's, it is true. You need to know that. But some of you get a little overboard on that, Okay. Like the person that's, you're late to work. It's like that lying devil turned off my alarm clock. I know I said that. I hate the devil. A person that runs out, I guess, no, not today, devil. You're not going to steal my joy. I think the devil just looks at God and says, I didn't, they just forgot to fill their tank up, God. I didn't do, she blames me for everything. I don't have to do stuff. So there's people like that. And there's also the people who's like, seriously, why today? It's SBXB and I brought a friend. I was just beginning to like this place, and you gotta talk about that. Well, the devil likes it when you're on both extremes. But the reality is you not believing in it doesn't make it not true. And so the truth of the word says that we have a real enemy of our soul. In fact, if you were to look in the scripture on it, there's 70 mentions, mentions of occurrences in scripture. And just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the gospels, there's 25 scriptures in the gospels that Jesus is dealing with demons. I'm just trying to tell you some truth. Number two, we can be under their influence. Number two, we can be under their influence. And now hear me out before you get up and leave or start, start your email already to me. Now I know, am I saying that people of God who are saved can be demon possessed? No, I'm not saying that. Not the way you define possessed. The reality is, 
what we define possess is not really what the Bible talks about possession. And so we're drawing conclusions about something that's not even really the true definition of the word. If you're to study the word possess in the scripture, back to its original language, the word possess in the Bible isn't ownership. It's not talking about ownership. It's talking about mastery over. That's different. It's really talking about influence. Or it's talking, let's put it in these terms, it's talking about you being under the influence. And let me say it this way, it's about just a good person. A good person can go and drink excessively and we would say their behavior, is their act, the way they're acting, it's because they're under the, okay. And we can talk about someone doing some other thing. We can talk about someone that just has just lost it. I'm so angry and I've just lost it. We can say the same thing, that their anger and excess, they are under the, okay. And so it is reality that you and I can willingly go to that place born again, spirit-filled, we can allow ourselves to be under the influence. And that is truth. And that is truth. Now, the devil does not own you, because I've been blood-bought by Jesus Christ, amen, and I'm a child of God. But listen, the truth is, I can relinquish some of my control and be under the influence based on my actions. It's truth. And so we need to know that, why? Because the truth will set us free. Listen, Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 says, in your anger do not sin. Do not be influenced, don't let your anger get control of you and get under the influence. Do not let the sun go down, get back in control while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Why would it say that when you get in those places and doing things you shouldn't do, you give the devil entrance and opportunity? It goes on to say this. Yes, it doesn't, that's it, right, okay, right, good, thank you, right. Lying devil? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come out of that computer. All right. <laughs> a foothold. It's, listen, it said you give the devil a foothold. What, this book, Ephesians, is written to a church. It's written to the church. He's written to Christian people talking about don't give the devil a foothold by your actions. And so, listen, there is truth to that. You can lose control. You can drink. You can drug. You can do all that. You can click on things you shouldn't click on. You can do inappropriate talking and texting and flirting or any of that kind of stuff. Listen, are you going to hell? No, you've been bought with a price. You are owned by God, but you open yourself up to something that will influence you. And there's many, 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 many more examples for sure. But hey, we're here to get free, amen? We're here to break through, amen, and the truth will set us free. Now here's the good news. Number three, they have to flee in Jesus' name, amen? There are devils, there are demons, there are influences, but they have to flee in Jesus' name. Amen, Luke 10, 17 through 20 says this. The 72 returned, Jesus sent out his disciples. He sent out a bunch more people out, empowered them, authority, just like you and I have. They did signs, wonders, and miracles. They saw great things happen, and they come back to give the report, and here's what they choose to report on. Man, this is awesome, they even, uh, yeah, we saw, yeah, okay, yeah, there's healings and all kinds of stuff. People believe now because of the message, listen, but we saw even demons submit to us in your name. It was kind of like elevating. It's like they put this on a higher level than all the other things, and Jesus is like, yeah, okay, so, yeah, you should. That's not a big deal. He goes on to say this in the next verse, verse 18. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And let me show you some truth right here with this scripture. They're coming celebrating that, man, we were even casting out devils in your name. And so they were totally just not even talking about all the other great miracles. And Jesus wanted to remind them of where all that falls into place. Yeah, you should, because the devil doesn't have control over you. 
He has to listen to you because you're authority. And then just in case you think he's greater than he really is, because Hollywood will lie to you, your friends will lie to you, people will lie to you, TV will lie to you, movies, well, you think how great and how grand this devil is and how powerful he is. There's not two superpowers in heaven duking it out, good and evil. There's not, the devil's was, he was Lucifer, he was a created one. There's not a, a created thing that is as great as the creator. And there's not this tug of war of power and some kind of things the devil has a better day than God does. No, listen, there is no equal to God. There's no equal to God. So don't buy into the lies. The truth is, the truth is, and you can read it in Isaiah and Ezekiel, the truth is that Lucifer, who we know as Satan, was the worship leader in heaven. And he went from being the worship leader to wanting to be the one worshiped. And when he approached God, there wasn't this big grand battle in heaven. The Bible says, Jesus is telling these guys, let me tell you what, I saw as Lucifer approach my dad one day and he thought he was a little higher than he ought and so he wanted some worship for himself and so here's what my God did, boom, lightning. <laughs> Battle's over, war's over. Like lightning, you seen lightning? That's it. There wasn't this great struggle. He doesn't have power except what you give him. And the power he tries to have you is just based on lies. That's why we need truth. That's why we have truth. So he goes on to say this. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Now they're using symbols of evil. And another translation might say uh, spiders, wasps, cats, things like that. Another translation. And based on what I'm wearing today, another translation might say, Aggies, Sooners. Uh, <laughs> you can look it up. It's in the Duncan translation. You can find that. Okay. And to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. He goes on to say this. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Of course they do. There is no power the enemy has over you or greater than God. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. The truth is your name is written in heaven. That's the truth. So don't believe the lies of the devil so great and so powerful. Your name's in heaven. Walk out that life of victorious living. Break through those things he's lying to you about. Let's take a look at Romans 8, 37 through 39. Here's what it says. No, in all these things you're more than conquerors. Listen, he doesn't say you're conquerors. In all these things you're conquerors. That'd be great. He says you're more than conquerors through him, through Jesus who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, or death, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no power greater than God. That's the truth. That's the truth. We have the victory, and we have the authority, but why am I still struggling then? I'm gonna hear you. But why am I still struggling? 2 Corinthians 10, three through four, it talks about this. Let me tell you why. Here's our battle. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Let me stop for a second. Let me ask you this. We don't wage war. We don't fight the battle the way that we think we would in the natural. We would fight the battle in the natural. We don't use these kind of natural weapons. And you might say, well, I'm gonna do this and do that. And I think that's great. Do all those things. Or I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. That's, th that's great. Do all those things you can do in the natural. But listen, that's not where the battle's won. It goes on to say this. In the next verse, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world, so don't keep trying to fight your battle with worldly mindset and weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Demolish strongholds. The weapons we use are spiritual. 
Come on, and listen, and the question is, are you fighting, are you waging a spiritual war? I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, here's the truth. The truth is you can say, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna talk to them, I'm not gonna go here, but man, your flesh, remember, flesh and spirit are opposed to each other. The truth is you can fight those battles in the natural, but the real question is, are you waging war spiritually? Are you confronting the enemy spiritually? Because that's the difference maker, apparently. That's the truth. That's the truth. Your prayers, your prayers are confronting the enemy. It's just not communing with God, your heavenly father. It's not just that. Okay, fasting. Fasting confronts the enemy. Worship confronts the enemy. Coming and gathering confronts the enemy where you're hearing truth and you're singing about truth. Serving others, like Jesus said to, confronts the enemy. Giving of ourselves confronts the enemy. Those are spiritual dynamics and there's many, many more. Are you waging a spiritual war? Because the truth is that's what demolishes strongholds. And we already know the strongholds cannot be greater than God. And so we need to keep in mind, is there a war that you're waging against the enemy? Strongholds, that which has a stronghold over you, your area, your obstacle where you need a breakthrough. What's the area in your life that has the strongest hold on you? The Bible calls it an area stronghold. And when you study the word stronghold in the Greek language, the original language that the New Testament's written in, it means this. Let me give you the definition of stronghold in the original language in the scripture in the Greek. It means a prisoner locked by deception. Interesting. I mean, it doesn't mean a prisoner locked, in by, locked up by a big strong devil. No. It doesn't mean a prisoner locked by, by an ugly, mean, hateful devil with a pitchfork. No. It means he's just lying to you. It means a prisoner locked by deception. He lies. His greatest weapon, his only weapon is his lying to you. And if you believe it, he has, he, he has influence in your life. That's why the truth is so powerful because we're listening and believing to lies. The second definition in the Greek is this, living life by something that is not true. We need to quit living life by something that is not true. We have fallen into deception because he is not greater than God. He does not have a greater power. A stronghold is a deception. A stronghold is a lie. John 8, 44 says this, when he lies, this is Jesus giving the job description of the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Did you see a common word in that scripture by Jesus? Yes, he is a liar. And if you believe and buy into those lies, then you find yourself in that place of bondage. Can I tell you, the truth will set you free. The truth will overcome the lie. Amen, every time. 2 Corinthians 10, five says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Now listen, here's what we're talking about where the battle is. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every lie and replace it with the truth. What are you doing about the lies? You need to replace it with the truth. See, that, can I, that's why this is so important what we do here. And you may not think, I, I don't know, you're busy and all that, but listen, because we're out, how many times, subtract how many times that you're around the truth to how much you're not. And what are we feeding on? What are we listening to? I'm not making a case for you to come to church. I'm making a case for you to walk in freedom. Because the truth that you feed on is the thing that will combat the lies that we listen to. 
And so here's what I want to say also to this. I know it says that it will take us captive. I know they'll take us captive. Can I tell you, because the devil has been defeated and I'm a child of God, he does not have the power to take me captive. But if I believe the lies, as the scripture talks about, I will place myself in a self-imposed captivity because I believe those to be true. And what happens when I do, and I come to the realization, hopefully like this message will inspire you and bring light to it, bring truth to it, when I come to the realization, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've been believing a lie. This isn't true. God defeated the enemy. God has good for me. I have value and significant to God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a blessed child of God. When that truth starts sinking in you, guess what? You remove yourself from that self-imposed captivity. Why? Because he's a defeated foe. Remember, he fell like lightning. And all he has is lies. That's why the truth is so powerful to you and I. Because the truth will help us find freedom, get that breakthrough. We break through by replacing every lie with the truth of God's word. We break through by replacing every lie with the truth of God's word. Let me give you Romans 12. I skipped ahead, Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, don't believe, don't buy in to the mindset and pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind through the word, hearing the truth, hearing the truth, transform your mind. You need to think differently, quit buying into the lies of this world. Then, when you renew your mind, when you buy into the truth and not the lie, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. You'll be able to walk in the victory that he intended for you. Ephesians 4, 22, 23 says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being captured by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of our minds, the way we think, the attitude of our minds. We need to think new thoughts. We need to quit listening to the lies and listen to the truth. Again, you need more than one message, one series to change the way you think. We need to reprogram our thinking. It was a, a process, a journey. We didn't get here overnight. Let me, let me talk about that, this process. You need, to, you need to process to get the right thoughts to work on your mind. I wanna tell you, you need to get connected to the house of God where the truth is taught so you can hear truth. You need to attend consistently once every three or four weeks. It's not enough truth with all the worldly lies that we listen to. We need to be consistent so we can be around the truth. And I'm telling you, we have a water baptism coming up. You know what a great thing would be, if, especially if you're a new believer or if you're an old believer making a new dedication, you need to be water baptized. The truth is that there's power that happens when you go under the water and leave that behind and you come up victorious. When you openly, publicly express that inward work, the freedom that comes, I get water baptized. Go to the growth track that starts next month. Why? Because you can then hear the truth about, uh, partly about how you're wired and how you're made up and how you can serve. You need to get in the game. Serve other people. The truth is all those things help your mindset. You need to get into small groups. We kick those off in the fall. Get with other people that you'll talk about the truth with. There's a lot. You need a home church. If this isn't your home church, you need to find a home church. There's a lot of great churches out there. And then you need to do life there. Why? It will help you reprogram your thinking. It may take some time. So you gotta be consistent in your attendance. Well, pastor, you're really asking a whole lot for me. That was a mouthful. And you didn't even take a breath. That was amazing. But yes, I am. But you know, I, want, I want you to break through. My question is, do you want to break through, or a year from now, do you still want to be wrestling with the same stronghold in your life, even though victory has been purchased for you? It is asking a lot, but it's the way to get the truth in you and change your mindset, reprogram you. 
and get your thinking lined up with the word and God. Before we close today, I want to give you three foundational truths. Simple, basic. Well, the truth is really simple, but powerful. Most of you know these truths, but maybe we forgot them, but let me remind you of them. Three things I believe you must believe to help change your thinking and find your breakthrough. Number one, God loves me and is for me. I just want to say that. God loves you and is for you. Uh, you need to know that. See, a lot of times, I don't know what your background is. We come with a different idea about God. That's not the God I know. The church I went to, they were mean. The people were mean. The pastor was mean. They're talking about how mean God was and how he wanted to punish me. I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't get saved because I love God. Come on, I might be telling the story, your story of the church you went to. I don't know. Are the things you heard from people that don't even go to church about God this and God that. Can I tell you, God loves you and he's for you. Whatever you've heard, however you've come up, even in churches, God is a good God. And God is a faithful God. And God loves you and he's got a good plan for your life. In fact, he loves you so much, when he thinks about you, he smiles. I heard a pastor say this one time, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. (laughs) He thinks good thoughts about you. God's not mad at you. He loves you no matter what you did, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you ever will do. He loves you and he is for you. Amen. You need to know that. John 3, 16, 17, message paraphrase. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And can I tell you, that is amazing. If you don't think God loves you, that is amazing. I love you. I love you as a pastor. And if love was measured by thinking about you and praying for you, I'd probably be pretty high up on your list. That's how much I think about you and pray for you. I love you. But I'm telling you right now, if God asked me to give up Callie or Camry, I'd say, see you later. I love you, but I'm sorry. I can't do that. But neither could you. But our heavenly father gave up his one and only son. That's how, who would do that? Only God. That's how much he loves you. And listen, here's why. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under death sentence without knowing it. I love that picture. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind son of God when introduced to him. God loves you and he's for you. Number two, truth, I can be free. I can be free. Some of you have given up, but you need to know this. I can be free. Everyone, say these four words. I can be free. Say it again. I can be free. It's true. I'm going to believe again. You need to believe again. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to live this way. I can be free. Romans 8, 1 through 2, message paraphrase. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. Amen. That next one. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. I can be free. That's truth. You can be free. Truth number three, last one, closing with this one. You need to know this. Not only can you be free, that you can be restored. You can be restored. Miss one thing, I know I'm going to heaven. Thank you, I'm free from all that. But I just don't think I can do anything because what I did. Can I tell you, God wants to restore you to original intent. 
what he always planned for you, original value, original significance. He can turn you back into something meaningful again. He doesn't want you just to be saved. He doesn't want you something just to come back. He wants to restore you to divine purpose and destiny for your life. Psalm 71.20 says this, though you may have made, see, made me see troubles, many and bitter, I've experienced a lot, you will restore my life again, God. You will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. He will restore you. God doesn't just forgive, he puts you back to something valuable and significant. He has a plan and purpose for each and every one of you. You gotta believe the truth. The truth will set you free. It's the truth that will help you get that breakthrough that you need. The truth of God's word, the truth of who God is, the truth truth of who he made you be. Don't believe the lies of the enemy anymore. We've been locked up in self-imposed bondage and captivity for too long by believing the lies of the enemy. Our breakthrough will begin, will come when we begin to believe the truth of what God says about us. Amen? Because God is a good and faithful God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My hope, my heart today was to share the truth of God's word so that gets inside of us. But listen, it's not gonna happen in one service or one series. It's an everyday thing that you're gonna have to make a commitment to. But all that, all that, all that begins with a relationship with Jesus. We just saw John 3, 16. God loved everyone. God loved humanity. And even in the shape that it was, in the state that it was in so much that he sent his son Jesus to die, to pay the price so we all could have a life of victory through the death and sacrifice of Jesus. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.